Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What the deal be, everybody here in Bukaka? This is Kali Adams. This is the, the Spawning Me podcast with Kali Adams. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're washing your hands, washing your butt, making sure you are all doing all the things you need to be able to do in this world, in this life, in a safe and reasonable way. I am coming to you from Bukaka in the center of Portland, Oregon, in the world, making sure that it is all happening for you. I hope you're all doing well. Again, and thank you so much for joining me this week and every week on our show. If you missed our last episode with Dexter Thomas over from Vice, uh, rocking with us, talking about the wonderfulness of his new show, Reset, which is all about video games in the real world and the way that those things kind of affect each other. You missed a banger of a show. Uh, it was pretty damn fantastic in the conversation that we were able to have. And uh, you definitely did miss a good one. So make sure you're going back and checking on that because I think there's a lot of great connected tissue there for you all to be able to check out and watch there. Make sure you're doing that on all the places that we are rocking podcasts and all that other good stuff there. So please make sure you're doing that. Um, And again, lots of fun things coming up uh, for us this week. Uh, Again, the wonderful, amazing stuff that we've been doing with Twitch is is big and broad and fantastic uh we are on three bowl boards down in times square currently right now uh some of that stuff is going to go back up on our social media platform uh social media platforms that we're on uh tiktok uh instagram and twitter uh so make sure if you're in the new york area please make sure you go down to times square if you can safely Take a video of your boy on one of the on one of the joints, on three of the joints, on all the joints, and send it to me at Kajakins on Twitter. That would be so dope to, be able to do that. Or you can email it to me at spawnonmepodcast at gmail.com. That would be lovely, lovely, lovely. Since I can't go back home and see it in person, it would be dope if you could do that for me as a favor to your boy. Um, we have a pretty short show this week. Uh, there's a a fair amount of stuff, but it's been very, very busy tomorrow afternoon. If you're listening to our podcast early in the morning, these usually drop around 6am in the morning. Uh, you can definitely see and hear us, uh, on the Xbox Twitch channel. Uh, we're going to be taking that over, uh, around 2, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, taking over their Twitch channel, a huge win for us in Chicago, a huge look for the wonderful folks over at Xbox um, for doing that work with us um, and, and and giving us some love for Black History Month. So we're going to be doing that uh, around 2 p.m. on uh, Friday morning, uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, so that'll be the same day that this goes up. So make sure you're checking that out. We're playing some medium over on the stream because it's really dope and fantastic. And I've been dying to play that game, but I've been holding off because I wanted to wait until we had everything in alignment uh, with the Xbox folks and doing it directly with them um, is going to be even more fun. So I get to see it all fresh and new uh, and get a chance to kind of enjoy it, you know, while I'm on stream on the front page, I think, uh, of Twitch while we do that. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, Nintendo stuff. There was a big Nintendo Direct uh, that happened yesterday. Uh, I'm recording this on Thursday, not Wednesday, our usual day. Uh, so yesterday was Wednesday. Um, and it was a big 50 minute Nintendo direct that happened. You all know me. 
<laughs> it is not a surprise. It is not new news that I am not a big Nintendo fan in lots of different ways for lots of different reasons. This Nintendo Direct did not change my mind on that at all. <laughs> it did not move the needle in terms of me now being a huge Nintendo fanboy uh, and being super excited for their stuff. Um, I am I am usually disappointed in the work that they put out into the world. I just feel like it doesn't speak to me in a real way in, in, in the ways that I play games. It feels like they are still treading so, so much on your nostalgia that it stifles their ability for creativity in a way that is profound and expected from a company that does some of the coolest shit in terms of actual technology that we've seen. They have been able to do cool stuff in tech spaces like, yo, we're going to make Mario Kart a physical thing that you can do inside your home with physical carts, do cool stuff with Amiibos and doing stuff with NFC, doing cool stuff with many, many different versions of the technology that they've had at their disposal. But when it comes time for their games, all they want to do is retread the same characters, their iconic characters in different forms of fashion and then expect you to be really excited about it. That shit is wild annoying. I don't like it. It really bothers me. And I'm infinitely confused by how many people they have pulled into their fold as fans of their work. It always bothers me from a consumer perspective to see so many brilliant, smart, amazing people feel like they got duped into buying the same shit that they already bought four different times on four different platforms over 20 years. It is wild to see that that is a continuing practice from our friends over Nintendo and how many folks in our own gaming spaces continue to go down that route. Again, this is a each his own kind of conversation. I think that it is, you know, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, you know, kudos to you and, and massive amounts of props to you. I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. I wish that I could figure out a way to connect those things that people who are big Nintendo fans are seeing and understanding as a part of the ecosystem for them in that way uh, so that it makes sense to them. But even when you ask most people about that, they will tell you straight up and down. They don't even understand why they buy it themselves. They'd be like, ah, I, I, I just felt compelled to buy it again. And I'm just like, yo, this is madness. I wish that I understood how to G people out of their money in the same ways that Nintendo continues to feel like it G's people out of their money and people willfully go and spend that money with folks who still haven't figured out ways to make an actual online platform still haven't really come up with any new IPs in a long time and still continue to tread on nostalgia on nostalgia to make you spend the same amount of money you spent four or five years ago. There are a bunch of games on this list. I'm going to read off some stuff. And I think that this is, this is the important part of like pulling that back into focus. Right. Um, there are a bunch of games. I'm just read them off. Pyra, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two. Okay. Reasonable coming to smash. We already, we, we saw that that was the thing that was going to happen. They need some more smash characters. Of course, that's going to be a thing. Fall guys is finally going to be coming to switch. That's not new. Outer worlds is also a not new game. Probably a year and some change old. It's now coming to the switch. I mean, some of these games, I'm happy that people are going to be able to experience it, but to be honest, there are better there are better platforms to experience a lot of these games on like I, fall guys is great to be able to take with you as a thing but without pro cross pro progression 
that makes that a, a, a no go for me. I already have bought so much stuff on other platforms. Why am I going to do that all over again on another closed, not as good ecosystem that has worse internet and worse internet connectivity to play a game where jumping and timing is paramount. Why am I going to do that? That makes no goddamn sense. No sense to me at all. Um, Famicom detective club. All right. Uh, Samurai Warriors five. I think I've played any Samurai Warriors game. You probably played one and you probably played them all. Uh, Legend of Mana remastered old ass game. That's great, but it's old as shit. Um, Monster Hunter Rise. I'm not a big Monster Hunter fan. I don't think that game is good. Um, Mario Golf. I understand it in terms of why you'd want to. Mario Golf is a game, is a reasonable game to get on that system. There are also other golf games on other systems that play fairly well. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about that from a, a Sony standpoint, but again, if you're on Switch, uh, story mode and speed golf as a, as a fun, you know, a, addition to what that game is, makes some sense. Tales from the Borderlands, old. Capcom Arcade Stadium, old. Stubbs the Zombie, old. Travis Touchdown versus Assassins, that's new. No More Heroes 3. It, it looked, it didn't look great in the trailer that they showed. Neon White from Annapurna gives me hope because Annapurna doesn't miss. Uh, but the game itself was a kind of a card combat game, which looked okay. DC Superhero Girl, Superhero Teen Power. Wow. Let me see that again. DC Superhero Girl Teen Power. Say that three times fast. Um, looked interesting. It's a kind of take on, uh, you know, pulling in some of the, the DC heroines into their high school selves and playing as them, which is interesting. Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for Neighborville, old. Uh, Metopia is new, but it's a game just based on Mies, which I, I guess. Uh, Animal Crossing, you know, slavery. I don't like that game. Um, <laughs> HUTD series, Project Triangle, a.k.a. Project Octagon, a.k.a. Rhombus Adventures, that name Project Triangle Strategy Octopath 2, which is probably what, the, what that game is actually going to be called, is a dumb name, and it also is okay. Uh, Star Wars Hunters looked interesting, but again, that game is from Zynga. So Zynga, as a free-to-play game that usually they rock with a mobile space, doesn't give me a lot of, doesn't give me a lot of hope that they're going to come through with a game that is going to be that fantastic. Just because it has Star Wars characters in it doesn't mean it automatically makes that much sense. My favorite game, a most interesting game that I saw on the list was Knockout City, which is a mix of a combat game and dodgeball, which I thought was was really cute and really smartly done. Um, there's a beta this weekend. If you need keys, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'll send you one so you can check it out and play it. Uh, World's End Club. Uh, I don't I'm trying to think in the top of my head what, what that game was. Mm, side scroller. JRPG, I think. Again, not for me. Hades going to Switch with a physical release. It's already on Switch in digital format, but now you're going to be able to throw a, a cart into the machine. Uh, yeah, okay. I want that game on PlayStation, and I want that game on Xbox more than I want it on Switch. Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, old as fuck. Hyrule Warriors, old as fuck. Uh, no, 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 it's not old. I think they just added an ex, an, uh, uh, expansion, but still, it's Hyrule Warriors, whatever. Bravely Default 2, sure. A lot of people love that game. That was good. Ghost and Goblins Resurrection, why? 
no no reason for that game to exist. Saga Frontier Remastered. Eh, okay. Apex Legends coming to it, which is actually pretty good. That's great. You know, if you want to play Apex on the go, that's actually pretty sweet. But again, if you're not going to have cross progression and you're not going to have your skins come over, then that seems a little less uh, exciting to me as a as a thing. Um, Breath in the Wild 2 is not coming out until much later this year. Uh, you know, developer came through and, and basically shared that with everybody. Uh, but you did get Skyward Sword, one of the most not exciting uh, versions of Zelda that people don't like coming to 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 the switch um and then the, the other part of the, the 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 nintendo direct that was actually interesting was splatoon 3 which they showed you know characters kind of moving around and doing stuff and and and, and working their way around uh, the world in a, in a reasonable way that was cool i had to take a pause for a drink um that was cool i think it was decent uh, in terms of what it looked like, Splatoon 3, again, is like kind of one of their flagship um, franchises. It seems like it's pretty cool um, in what it's trying to do. Uh, I don't know if it actually is something that people care about in a bigger way. I wish that that was the thing that people really cared about in a bigger way. I just don't know if that's actually the case. Um, so. I don't know. I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I, I want to like Nintendo. I want to find ways to actually give them my money in a way that feels good in a way that feels like the, 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 the system is growing. The ecosystem is growing in a good way. It just never feels like whenever I see anything on Nintendo that I get excited. You see this like no Nintendo coverage on this show, because I think Nintendo like robs you <laughs> often uh and people keep buying their shit it's really weird um i, w- I mean i wish i wish that there was a way to, to convey that in a way that didn't sound haterish because i care about people's money i care about people being able to like get cool stuff in a way that feels smart for them and feels like good and it feels like they're you know doing that work I, I, people like it and people ex- are excited by it. And I don't want to yuck people's yum, but it's just, it's just super, it's just a very weird phenomena as a Nintendo fan in my mind of like, how do you keep doing this to yourself because of the same experience that you keep recycling over and over again? It is extremely weird. It is super weird. And I, I wish I had good words for it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some Microsoft stuff this week, but before we do, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends over at team liquid, uh, for sponsoring the episode this week. Again, massive love to our friends over at team liquid for continuing to rock with us and give us love and show us all this love in the space. Again, go to tl.gg slash spawn. If you want to check out some more of their wonderful stuff, I'm loving on their retro collection, loving that stuff. I think I rock basically their retro collection, uh, sweatpants all the time i got my pandemic pants and their team liquid pants uh because they're so damn good so please remember to go to tl.gg spawn uh if you want to go check out more stuff that they produce and put out into the world because it's pretty damn fine pretty damn fine pretty damn pretty damn sweet they started to do a new collection with naruto which is dope make sure you go check out that stuff too they have a really fun line of stuff that's dropped 
um, very, very recently. Um, so make sure you check that out in a bigger way. Make sure you give him some money. Make sure you tell him we sent you all that kind of good stuff right there. like that there. Um, Microsoft has dropped some really cool stuff in the past week. Um, one of the things that they had been trying to do and they continue to do is when we talk about Microsoft, I think that the, the, um, the work they're doing in the accessibility space is fantastic. Like they continue to find good ways to build, to build out smart, usable, thoughtful tech in a world where you see a lot of companies not even do that work. A lot of companies will, will definitely sideline the ability to have stuff like that within their fold because they have decided that they don't think that that stuff is worth it. Um, and Microsoft continues to surprise and delight in that way by adding smart things to the way they think about games and the way that they kind of make their, uh, make their accessibility options be a thing that's, that's actually real and, and, and actionable and, and feels good within the games that they make and, and, and building out systems for game makers to be able to use uh, accessibility options in a way that makes it foundational. So like when you go into the process of thinking about making a game, you already have a spot to be able to look at stuff. That's like, Hey, am I, am I thinking about the player in that way? Am I thinking about those things in a, in a better and smarter way? Um, so they make this accessibility guideline, uh, uh, it's called the XAG, XAG, uh, that basically helps developers kind of go through a checklist of things to make sure that their games are more, uh, accessible in, in the way that they're thinking about those things. Um, it says developers now have the option to send Microsoft their Xbox or PC title and have it analyzed and validated against the recommendations provided by the XAGs. So it's an Xbox blog post published yesterday. Uh, the Xbox uh, accessibility guidelines indicate thorough explanations of inclusive design considerations for developers, and they are now updated to include clearer language, additional context, and implementation examples, which, again, is extremely smart. It makes me think, again, of our friends over at Able Gamers. Shout out to Steve Spawn. Shout out to, shout out to Craig. Shout out to Greg Hazy, um, who are doing that work every day, who are doing that work for the betterment of making sure everybody can play. Um, and it's been fantastic to see them grow and continue to do that work in that space. Um, it says game tests will include feedback from players and disabilities, as well as links to information on inclusive design, relevant nonprofits and accessibility experts. All, any issues found during testing will be noted with reproductive reproduction steps, screenshots, and other information to help the developer understand what aspect of a given experience may be challenging for certain gamers with disabilities, says the post. It is, again, paramount that we be thinking about all of our friends and family who want to play games with us. It is paramount that we give them the tools and the, and, and the abilities to go do that work. My friend, good friend, Steve Saylor, the blind gamer, his, you know, who was on the show uh, some episodes ago. He, you know, that's the work that he's been doing for decades, you know, doing that work in a, in a, in a more profound way to kind of, again, make it so that everyone can play on an equal footing. That is very, very important. I think that that is the thing that we will see baked into stuff moving forward. I want to see what Sony's plan is on that as well. Cause I think again, if we're going to be doing that work, it should be on both platforms in a more comprehensive and larger way. So 
think about that when you're when you're playing games about how inclusive is it how accessible is it for folks who may not be able-bodied in that way uh so think about that uh and that's your homework uh all of you in Chicago. think about that um next story is all about and we're jamming through this week uh xbox is doing their fps boost feature on the xbox series s and x uh frames per second boost is a new thing that they're kind of pulling into their uh, uh their ui i'm sorry not their ui into their os uh as a bunch of that kind of stuff uh they said that they have uh, announced fps boost as an enhancement system for backwards compatible games on the xbox series x and s that can double or sometimes even quadruple frame rates some of the first games that will be using this are far cry 4 new super lucky's tale why anyway sniper elite 4 ufc 4 and watchdogs 2 so the hmm the 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 thing i really appreciate about this is that having a game run at 60 frames per second if you're on a console really does make a very very distinct difference in the way that you play games the game that i'm thinking about right now currently that has made that into an absolute like known factor for me has been a division two i remember very specifically playing a division two and being like this looks like ass and runs like ass in comparison to its pc counterpart knowing that that's the case it really does pull into focus just how much a difference that bump in frame rate can be for a game from not only from a visual standpoint standpoint but from a base fundamental playability standpoint you know 30 was the was the was the the baseline and it still kind of is the baseline if you give give people a solid 30 most times they won't complain when you bump that up to 60 for games that 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 have that kind of movement i'm especially kind of thinking about this when i look at the list of those games in in, in their totality far cry 4 UFC 4 and Watch Dogs 2 will be the games that benefit the most from that. There's a lot of traversal. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of, you know, split second decisions that have to be made. That boost in frame rate is going to help those games a huge, a huge, huge, huge bunch. Um, even the game Super Lucky's Tale, they said, has been pushed to 120 frames, while UFC has specifically tailored to run at 60 frames per second on the Xbox Series S. Again, that's a big, big difference. And it's the thing that you can then... Uh, toggle for this is for those for those players who'd rather experience these games in the original format with lower frame rates why would you do that fps boosts can be toggled on or off these fps fps boost performance enhancements come via microsoft's xbox team rather than the game's original dev teams so there's no additional development needed from the studios they are applied via patches just like a developer's title update though so if you want to uh, play any of those games uh, you'll just have to basically update them to their latest versions before you are able to do so I think that that's pretty smart. You know, if you can take that off the hands of the, of the previous developers, a lot of times, again, these games are old. Some of these games are old there. You know, who's going to go back and be like, Hey, devs on super lucky's tale. Can you, can you all get the band back together to make these, to make these enhancements happen? It's not going to happen. You're just not going to be able to do that work. If you want that game to be in that mix. 
So this is a very smart way to be able to do that is by Xbox taking that on their own shoulders and doing that work for the benefit of the gamer. Um, I'm hoping that this is going to be a thing that they continue to push out. I think this is going to be something that I want to see across multiple different games. Like, uh, you know, there's always going to be some boosts to some of that stuff already. But like even a game, like when you think about something like Geometry Wars could use a, a, a frames per second boost in a bigger way. Like that would be cool. You know, there's stuff in there that, that, you know, you could, you could use that stuff for in a way that feels good and, and makes the game feel better. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited for them to continue to do this. And again, it, it's, it, it puts, it pulls into focus. And I mentioned this on the latest what's good games episode where myself, Paris Lee and Rihanna Manuel were on. You can check that also out today uh, when this uh, on Friday drops. Because uh, we did a fantastic episode with them, talked about a whole bunch of blackness stuff, talked about Black History Month, talked about a whole bunch of, you know, some of these conversations here um, as well. Is what is Sony going to do? Sony still hasn't had like conversations about regular stuff on their UI. You know, they haven't they haven't really done any improvements yet enhancements yet to their UI, to the way the systems work, to the way that some of their things are clunky in terms of the way the menus and all that kind of stuff runs. There's a, lo- there's a lot of clunky on the Sony side of the fence that I just haven't heard them address yet. And I feel like that's a thing that we need to see happen fairly soon. Uh, it would be nice to be able to feel like someone is listening uh, when we're having those conversations in a, in a bigger, more comprehensive way. It would be nice to be able to see that be a thing. Um, but it does tell me that Microsoft is really looking at the space and is saying, we have things that we can do here to enhance the experience for the player so that at a certain point, you're not even thinking about those things. They're just baked in, which I think is also very, very smart and, and as a process way to do some of that stuff. as a very smart way to kind of work that angle um, into a space that makes sense for everybody involved. Um, the last piece of Microsoft news for this week is that they are announcing a new wireless headset that's going to be dropping March 16th uh, for $99, which is a fantastic pr- uh, price point. Uh, Microsoft is launching a new $99 wa- Xbox wireless headset. On the 16th, it's the first wireless Xbox headset since the 360 days. I remember that one. Excuse me. I remember that one. It was not great. Uh, it like hung onto your ear for dear life. Uh, it was very, very weird in the way that it worked. Um, it is designed to connect to the Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and X uh, consoles, PCs, and mobile devices via Bluetooth. This new Xbox wireless headset is designed to match the Xbox Series X and S's design with a lightweight frame as a large leather ear cup uh, and adjustable cushioned headband. It is also supporting Windows Sonic, Dolby Atmos, and DTS headsets. I'm sorry, DTS Headphone X Spatial Sound Technologies. It also has dual beaming microphones with voice isolation to help isolate background noise. You can also pair the headset to your phone and Xbox at the same time, allowing you to listen to audio or take calls from your phone while you game. This to me is the actual dopest part of this headset. Um, I, as a person who plays against or plays with multiple people on different platforms, PC and console all the time, 
often and you know cross platform between xbox and, and and playstation often have to try to figure out a way for a sound solution for me to be able to talk to people who are in discord this may be the way to work around that is by using this pair of headset connected to my phone and to my console at the same time so that if i need to jump between folks playing in a discord chat or playing directly on xbox live i can that is a brilliant, very, very cool part of the tech that goes into this particular headset that I'm actually very, very excited for, excited for from a functionality uh, perspective. I think that that's going to be very, very dope. Um, the headset says it will last for 15 hours on battery and a 30 minute charge over USB-C will let you play for around four hours. A full charge will take around three hours and Microsoft is also updating the Xbox accessory app to include, uh, uh, to I'm sorry to include control over the equalizer base boost auto mute uh, sensitivity mic monitoring and brightness of the mic's mute light so basically you have a little dial that lets you kind of tune that in between game chat and voice chat of course a couple you know a bunch of different gaming headsets have that already uh, being able to kind of mute the, the the red light that I'm sure it's going to wind up being on the end of the microphone is going to be nice um so you don't have a big old red light if you're trying to play really late at night don't want to light up the, the the rest of the house also let your significant other know that the mic is, is muted, uh, which is good. So that when she's, when they're talking dirty to you, you don't have to worry about them blasting themselves and putting themselves on front street. When they talk about how they want to do the bus it down challenge in front of you. And you're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, so Xbox news, that's all the Xbox news for today. Uh, I think that there is some, some pretty fantastic stuff in those conversations for sure. Um, I think that the Xbox conversation has been an interesting one. I think that they're still trying to figure out good ways to bridge the gap until they get some new games into the space. I think they've been really trying to figure out ways to, to, to continue to have themselves in a good news cycle because that is very important for them. Um, I think it's, it's, it's really important for them to be able to have that as a part of the larger conversation, uh, for the games that they've been playing. Um, and it's going to be cool to see what they continue to do. I think that there's going to be more of a larger conversation towards the middle of the year. Cause it feels like that's when all the kind of larger games are going to be starting to drop. Uh, we can only hope that that part of the conversation is going to be one where, you know, great games or games that are kind of pushing out are going to actually be great as opposed to, you know, so it's kind of been a little bit of a, you know, flop for the beginning of the year. I don't think a lot of games currently are really like pushing super hard in terms of sentiment or, you know, in the way that they have been announced or the way that they feel like they are getting love in those, in those, in those places. I just don't feel like it's a real thing yet. Uh, but we will see, we will see that stuff kind of happen in the, in the, in the next couple of months. I think that that's going to be very, very cool. Um, one other thing that happened that I think is interesting as a, as a, as a bookend to the PogChamp stuff, uh, sadly Twitch wind up picking a lizard, <laughs> a lizard emote as the new PogChamp. It was between, uh, Umi no Kaiju, who is a fantastic streamer, massive love to Umi. Uh, and cause she had the most votes in terms of the most uses of her emote during a day. Um, and this longstanding Komodo 
uh, uh, emote that was kind of around the, the space for a long time. So they had a, 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 a show that they kind of put on. They had like people vote on which one it was. And of course, Twitch, the Twitch audience voted for a goddamn lizard as opposed to diversity, uh, <laughs> which is also amazingly frustrating to see that we still are surrounded by like 10 year olds who are like, I just want to see a fucking lizard as opposed to, you know, a dope Asian woman be the face of, of a longstanding important emote in our community because we're assholes and don't care about diversity. Um, that was very frustrating to watch <laughs> real time happen. Uh, cause I was just like, I know, I know which way this is going to go and it's going to suck because they, every time that we see that there could be something good that happens in the world, the, the, the kind of evil people kind of push through, um, not evil. I'm not going to say they're evil. I just say the, the less initiated and, and not as smart people sometimes are the ones with the loudest voices. So that is, that is extremely frustrating in that way for sure. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of stuff this week. This week has been a very, very short week in terms of actual news, in terms of stuff that's happening. There is a conversation that happened and happened around the game six days of Fallujah uh, and the development team talking about that thing not being political. There's a space to talk about that, but there was some arguments that happened online that made me not want to talk about it. But I do think that there is there are people who we could bring on to the show to talk about their experiences within wartime who can give some good like background and 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 perspective from their time in the war to talk about that. And also there's a space to talk about Rami Ismail who who got on Twitter the other day and railed against you know, the, the way that American imperialism, you know, has, 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 has basically been the, the, at the forefront of any of the conversations around war games and how the world has affected his people because of the way that we as Americans have operated through our foreign, through our foreign affairs. And it was an extremely impassioned conversation on Twitter that then de devolved into uh, a, a, a not great take by him where he made a not great comparison about the plight of black people and the comparison to how that works with Arab people uh, that devolved into conversations around anti-blackness and, and a whole bunch of other things, uh, which then resulted in Rami kind of leaving Twitter, uh, which I think is uh, super unfortunate. Um, I would love to have Rami on the show to talk about this in a bigger way. He's, he's, he's one of the homies. I, 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 always appreciated his voice in the space. I know sometimes when you become impassioned about a thing, you sometimes make not great comparisons. You sometimes aren't eloquent in your, in your, in your, the way you've conveyed a, conveyed a, a piece of a story or conveyed an opinion, which then sometimes gets you in trouble because as soon as you let that cat out of the bag, people jumped on your throat. And sometimes you have to be contrite when people tell you about how you might have, misaligned your idea to one in which they live, you know, misaligns with the way that they live every day. Um, I don't want to dig into details because it's not that important, but I think that the thing that I came away from that interaction between people is multiple people in Rami was that the, the want to always be in a conversation 
doesn't help conversations grow or foster into reasonable spaces that you can actually learn anything from because you have so many people in their fields that they are not willing to give everybody else around them grace. That should have been afforded to him as a person who is very specifically emoting about a thing about literal genocide of his own people by Americans. And it also was on him to be contrite when folks laid into him about the, the misalignment of his statements um, around blackness, which felt very anti-black to the people who were having the conversation um, to be able to say, Oh, I fucked up and I need to pull that, that conversation down as opposed to kind of like going back and doubling down on certain things. It, it, it just, again, reflects, it makes me reflect back onto the conversations about like, how do we figure out ways to give each other grace when we're at our most emotional space? And I think it's a thing that I want to hopefully have all of you at home think about when you listen to this show of how you can do that work in the, the small spaces that you occupy. Take a moment to try to put yourselves in the other person's shoes. Try to take a moment to give yourself some grace. Take a moment to think about the words you choose and take a moment to, if you fuck it up, find a good way to reach out. That's not in public <laughs> and, and, and break bread virtually so that you can come to some consensus so that we don't wind up having these things where you wind up losing good people to public platforms where they, for the most part, do good work and level up and surface up conversations that need to be had from perspectives that we don't often hear from. Um, that's my hope is that we can be a place to have those conversations here at spawn on me. I'm going to reach out to Rami to see if that's the thing that we can do. Um, I shot him an email after I saw the conversations go down and then reflected on even the email because there was some stuff that, that I saw later that I was like, ugh, that's kind of gross. And he should have figured that out and fixed it. But I still think that the under the under the, the underlying conversation about American imperialism and how our country has literally helped to perform genocide on the Arab, the Arab world is a real conversation to have. And I think it's the most important part of the conversation to have when you have a person who has actually lived through an active genocide to be able to have a space to talk about that in a real way from their heart and talk about that from a way from their perspective that again, none of us can go through or have unless we've been through that same thing. So, um, we're going to, we're going to end it today. I want to give everybody some love. I want to say, please make sure you're spending time with people who you care about. Try to, you know, make sure you tell people you love them, try to figure out ways to set aside time for your own mental space to be able to grow and to give yourself time to relax because you're being inundated with stuff at, at the, the speed of light all the time in multiple angles and multiple directions from multiple things. And it's going to take a minute for you to be able to kind of, you know, come out of that in a good space to be able to, to do the work that you feel like you need to do in a good way. So I say that all by saying, I love you all. I love you all, Bacargo. You are all my fam. Uh, I want to give you some time to do what you need to do. Wash your hands, wash your butt. Give some love to Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Cans. Shout out to Jimmy Cans uh, out in the world. 
Uh, and until then, we'll see you all next week. We have more dope stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I don't have a guest for next week, but I'm thinking about trying to snag somebody while we almost are at the end of Black History Month. Next week is going to be an extremely busy week for me. I have lots of projects that are happening and some very cool stuff that I can't talk about yet, but it's going to do really, really fun stuff in the world. Um, and again, if you're in New York City, say what's up to my face down in Times Square. <laughs> say what up to Ka in Times Square. Lots of cool stuff. There's one on 1540 Broadway and then right across the street where the Lion King um, uh, billboard is, there's a couple of really big ones on that side of the street too. So Go tell Kai I said, what up, uh, Bukago? Give him some love. Tell him that he's doing a good job. He needs to hear it. Uh, all right, y'all. We'll see you all next week. Much love to you all. Peace.